Welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. I'm Leanne, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in to my Release 2020 podcast series. This is a series of short interviews with people from all walks of life sharing their experience with COVID-19 during this year 2020. I'll be asking each guest questions like, what was the hardest part of COVID for you? Did you notice that you had higher levels of stress, anxiety, or even depression? In those moments of heightened stress or anxiety or depression, how did you notice your behavior or thought processes changed? What were things that made that stress worse? And what were things that made it better? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And going forward, what can you shift or adjust or pivot to have a better response in the future? There are no right or wrong answers in this series, and this is in no way meant to say that there is a right or wrong response to dealing with COVID. In fact, the goal and mission of this series is just the opposite. It's just to highlight each person's unique experience with this. Throughout the entire year, I have been hearing people, friends, family, people on social media saying things like, I just want to forget 2020, I want to pretend like it didn't happen. And to me, I have learned so much about how repressed emotions over time can really manifest as physical disease and really just linger and create this festering unease or dis-ease within the body. And so I wanted to do something to encourage people not to just forget 2020 and pretend like it never happened, but rather to take a pause and acknowledge whatever the feelings were that came up this year. And I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I think if each of us can, to even some extent, bring up the feelings, acknowledge them, process them a little bit, learn what we can from them, and then release them. And so that's why the series is called Release 2020. I think all any of us can do in any given moment is respond to the best of our ability. And so many of us may have felt like we didn't respond the way we wanted to this year or like we lost time. And again, the messaging of this series isn't, well, you should have done this, but rather the messaging is just, okay, all any of us can do is look at how we responded and say, do I want to continue to respond in that way going forward? Or do, or do I want to make some shifts so that I can respond in a different way? Whether it's to COVID or some other type of very stress-inducing incident that comes in the future. So I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, how we deal with stress, what are the things that cause stress or anxiety or depression for us, what do we do when those moments happen? And how can we put things in place going forward so that maybe we respond to it in a better way in the future? And you guys know I love my challenges or the magnetic moments that I give you. And so the challenge in this series is to, for the rest of December, keep a piece of paper and just start by writing down all the negatives from 2020. Anything painful, and as December continues on, continue adding to that piece of paper anytime something comes up. And then on New Year's Eve, at the end of the year, we all together virtually will take that piece of paper of all the negatives from 2020 
and physically burn it on New Year's Eve right before 2021. So I hope you'll jump on board with that. I hope listening to these interviews inspires you to think about these questions for yourself. And I think it can create just a beautiful ripple effect of if your partner or your children see you making that list of the negatives of 2020 and processing it, learning from it, and then releasing it, hopefully it inspires them to do the same thing. Lastly, if you do find this series thought-provoking, helpful, inspiring, please consider sharing an episode or two with a loved one. You guys sharing these episodes really is the biggest way that people discover my podcast. And so it means so, so much to have your support in that way and see it in that way. If you do listen, consider taking a screenshot, throwing it up on social media and tagging me. It absolutely fills my heart with joy to see you guys listening, hear your feedback and your responses. So please tag me in something, send me a direct message on Instagram. I always include my social media links and my website in the show notes where you can find me. And with that, please enjoy this Release 2020 podcast series. Well, Liliana, welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me again. Yes, I'm so excited because for the audience, I met Liliana Partida at Center for New Medicine, Cancer Center for Healing, and did multiple EVOC sessions with you, which were truly life-changing. But I've been lucky enough to be able to have some more existential conversations with you that I've just enjoyed so much. And so I really wanted to have you on for this Release 2020 series. Excellent. Well, I think that everybody is going to be glad to bring in a a whole new year with a whole lot of uh, light and different uh, opportunities for greater potentiality. Yes. And so what I am having each guest do is give a little bit of their background and demographics so people can get a better feel for their journey through COVID. So can you just share where you live, roughly your job, um, you know, marital status, just so people can kind of wrap their head around, oh, okay, so she, you know, she was here, she's married, maybe she has kids she had to deal with during this time, whatever those things might be. Okay, very good. Uh, so um, I live in San Clemente, and uh, I am married, and I have a 29-year-old daughter, and I work at the Center for New Medicine. I've been working there for, oh, almost close to 18 years now. And so uh, as a nutritionist, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of spans the whole mindset of lifestyle, whether it is, um, you know, what you talked a little bit about emotions with the Evox, because nutrition is very emotional. Cravings are very emotional. So from uh, body, mind, and spirit, I really kind of look at it uh, on a holistic level when I'm really looking at a person, uh, their condition, and the lifestyle, and where I can meet them halfway, and uh, what are they willing to do. So my goal is to really teach patients um, really just how to live the best life they possibly can with the circumstances that are under. And I also do Evox, and Evox um, is a voice-activated system that uh, records your voice and is, allows me to be able to see what I call um, 
cellular memories um, all the way from the time you were in vitro uh, really till about the age of about eight years old. And then even even prior to, because we look at genetic patterning uh, of emotional, what I call toxins even, uh, that are kind of replicated on, almost like in a DNA, RNA fashion. So, you know, working with that, uh, I've had fabulous results with my patients in regards of really getting to some underlying um, root causes on an emotional level why their condition is where it's at. So I kind of span the whole gamut in body, mind, and spirit. Yeah. Well, and I, I have actually been meaning to have you on to do an Evox session because I talk about it so much to friends and family on the podcast. And I always do my best to explain it, but I really, I think it'd be really great to do a super in-depth interview on that. Yeah, I'd love to. But so this is going to be a really broad question, but in general, what have been the most difficult aspects of COVID-19 for you this year? Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, I come from a very big family and, um, you know, we center ourselves around every week getting together and having beautiful dinners. And so we've had to limit that really to the core people like my daughter, my sister, her daughter. And so, again, that's um, been, you know, hard for us because we're a really, really close family, but we keep connected on the phone, Zoom, things of that nature. And um, of course, you know, uh, my daughter, uh, in fact, she had a little meltdown the other day because, you know, I uh, had COVID myself and, um, you know, she's just like, oh my gosh, everybody around me has COVID and, you know, I'm so scared to get it, you know, and I tried to really kind of get her to understand that, you know, uh, what we, whatever we're thinking about, we polarize and we draw it to us rather than really having a positive attitude that, okay, well, if I get it, which probably most people will at some point is how do I deal with it? How do I move through it? And also how do I prepare for it? And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, it was hard because during the holidays and she's just like, oh my gosh, you know, how are we going to do this? And she's afraid to really, honestly, uh, and so many people are afraid. And so, again, I find myself, whether I'm talking to my daughter or to my patients, is to really to get them to look at, you know, you know, the positive aspect of even this lockdown mindset in regards to the constriction. And we don't need to have the constriction in our mind. We can have expansion in regards of the things that we can do to keep ourselves positive and to keep learning and, and just to create more of a, an atmosphere of uh, rather than going, going, going all the time, it's just being, you know, I've had to slow down a lot uh, in my situation, not just with COVID, but uh, unfortunately I got into a little accident and um, I need surgery on Wednesday. So because of the COVID, it actually got postponed. So nearly a month later after my accident, um, I had, I'm going to have surgery this week. So I had to really adjust. I had to get my mindset wrapped around not being a victim behind this, you know, situation and just say, okay, you know what? It's all guided by divine order. I just have to let go and just, you know, say that it's all happening the way it should be happening. So it really helped me because I used all my principles that I would use on my patients, meditation, mm -hmm. affirmations, you know, journal writing, and really being kind to the inner child, I say, you know, not condemning, not being angry at situations, but just being consoling and loving and kind. And, you know, it's kind of got my attitude back up and I'm really looking forward to my surgery. And I feel fantastic in regards of uh, any COVID symptoms because I had been on a, I would say almost a nine month prevention protocol you know, that we do at the Center for New Medicine 
zinc, vitamin D3, um, uh, NAC, and acetylcysteine, vitamin C levels, um, uh, you know, different uh, uh, zinc. Those are the main one, colloidal silver. And I've been really on this really uh, intense um, prevention. So honestly, my symptoms were ridiculously mild. I mean, I think that I had uh, maybe symptoms for three days. I didn't lose my taste or any of that. Um, and so um, I did take a, a, a repurposed drug called um, ivermectin. And literally within two days, I felt like I was brand new again. So, you know, when you have the ability to know what to do and how to prevent, then when you get this, you don't have to be afraid. You know, you can go through it just like you would do any cold or virus and uh, move through it with um, the greatest of ease rather than the fear that we see so often of, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this and it's going to be tragic and, you know, I won't be able to breathe and I end up in, you know, the ER. And so uh, just rest yourself assured that there's many, many things that we can do to uh, prevent, treat, and keep the, keep, keep, or keep the fear down. Yeah. And since we're, since you brought that up, let's just dive into that for a second, because I so value the input you have in terms of coming at it from a very integrative full body perspective. And I think it's, it's such an empowering message, very contrary to the main narrative we're receiving, which is we're all victims. There's nothing we can do. If you get it, you're going to die. <laughs> um, it's very negative. But I think, as you've said, there are so many things we can do to either prevent getting it or prepare our bodies in such a way that if we do get it, it's just ready and prepped to fight it off with minimal issue. And so you already mentioned some really key supplements. Could you just touch on really quickly some lifestyle things that you would also recommend people doing? I know like cutting out sugar or reducing sugar dramatically is a big, big one. Yeah. Yes. Well, I would say anything that reduces the mucus in the body. So, you know, I've gotten completely off of dairy. So, you know, immediately when I got COVID instantaneously, I got off of dairy. And so I had really, you know, cause normally I can have seasonal allergies and things of that nature, some food sensitivities. So I really didn't have hardly I had less mucus than I would normally have just in my basic food allergy type of situation. So I would say the first thing is get off congestive foods. Don't have any processed foods. Um, and uh, uh, dairy, I would take that out of the diet. I would take gluten out of the diet just because it can create an inflammation to the gut. And I have just been eating super healthy, you know, a lot of you know, beautiful kale salads and lots of greens and arugula and soups. And, um, you know, when you're not in the first three or four days when you have it, you really don't have that much of an appetite because your body's fighting. And whenever your body's fighting, it's trying to use that energy to heal and to treat rather than to, you know, use up all that energy in the digestive system. So for the first couple of days, I was like, oh, you know, I don't even feel like eating, but I forced myself to just maintain that level of, of health. And so I did collagen. Uh, and so that was really fantastic because that's super easy to, to a very small amount, you know, can I can get 20 grams of good collagen. And because I have this injury with my ankle and the surgery I'm going into, I want to keep my albumin levels up. And so that's been very, very helpful. So again, you know, when you aren't feeling hungry and so it's important to nourish your body. And so again, I didn't eat any heavy red meats or anything of that nature. I had some fish, so very light, lots of mm -hmm. soup, the collagen, you know, the hemp seeds, all of these kind of superfoods that, um, were, uh, you know, really supporting my immune system. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, sugar was a big, big one. I've gotten sick a couple times this year yeah. <laughs> and I, it's same thing, like instantly cut out sugar. I already don't eat gluten and dairy. 
Um, and then it was just like, just go to foods that are super, super easy to digest. Because as you said, our body only has so much energy levels. And especially when you're sick, it has even less energy reserves. And so you want to eat things that it can digest much easier to right. take up as much of those energy stores. Exactly. And, and also too, it's important because a lot of people are on diets because they're moving into the holidays and so forth. So, you know, my recommendation is kind of put that on hold. Uh, don't stress your body out even further by, you know, going too low carbs. And because your body, even though you're maybe not be uh, actively moving around, it needs energy. And so in order to keep weight on for myself, I've had to introduce more of what the starchy carbohydrates that I would not normally have. And, you know, just for the more fiber, sweet potato, some rice, things of that nature. Um, and I feel that's really helped to fortify my immune system as well. So again, I would say, if you're on a diet that's pretty rigid and strict, like the keto diet, I'd probably get off of that and get more onto a maintenance just so that your body has all the, so it doesn't have the stress on top of the stress of um, the actual COVID itself. Okay. That's a great point. And then last question on this topic, yeah. did, did you utilize any of the sort of preventative treatments or immune boosting treatments at Center for New Medicine? Yes, everything came from from the Center for New Medicine. And so because obviously I work there, I've got, uh, you know, frontline everything. So uh, Dr. Keneally was wonderful. And I got my um, ivermectin, which was great, because that's a compound pharmacy drug. And uh, it, you know, brings a viral load down by 4000%. And so that was fantastic, literally, you know, from a little teeny bit of yellow uh, mucus, uh, after taking it for uh, two days, the next day was completely clear. So wow. I thought that was pretty amazing. And, um, and then all the supplements I got at the Center for New Medicine, you know, the zinc and uh, vitamin C. I like the Vitality C, especially because it's 4,000 milligrams a scoop. And so I would recommend somewhere around eight to 10,000 of that a day. You know, the 10,000 milligrams of um, vitamin D3 and then 50 milligrams of zinc just once a day. And then N-acetylcysteine, maybe 500 uh, milligrams of that once or twice a day would be a good idea. And, uh, and the colloidal silver, maybe uh, an ounce or two of that twice a day as well. And I did also do, uh, I got a pulse ox meter, you know, because, you know, the oxygen mindset just to kind of really kind of, uh, you know, not just, I, I never got a fever. So, you know, I was checking my fever every day. So, I mean, even if you don't have a fever, uh, you can still have COVID, right? And so uh, I... Um, I was doing my pulse ox just to make sure that I was, you know, up in the nineties, you know, in regards to the oxygen level, which was another, just a nice little tool to have. Um, so, you know, these are just little great things to have even prior to in your cabinet, you know, thermometer, pulse ox, I have a, an aura ring. And so that was beautiful because you know, the day, the days that I actually got COVID, interestingly enough, it showed on my aura ring, you know, which is a, a ring that can calculate your heart rate variability. It calculates your, um, your resting heart rate while you're sleeping, your recovery rate, your REM sleep, how many, uh, your deep sleep, you know, everything. But it was interesting because prior to actually being diagnosed for two or three days in the row, it kept saying that my body temperature wasn't good and I wasn't recovering and I wasn't recovering. So that was kind of a little bit of a clue. And so now everything is optimal. My heart rate variability, my temperature, my deep sleep. And so beautiful. I know that, you know, my body is definitely, um, you know, really um, conquered and achieved what it needed to do. My immune system uh, really uh, took a, uh, what I would say, uh, stood up and, and, and kind of we, 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 we won the whole symptomology and I feel really terrific. Oh, that is so neat to have that real-time feedback. Yes. 
it's really, and then also too, I nebulized as well. And so nebulized, I put um, colloidal silver in there. And then I also put isotonic, which is kind of like almost like seawater. So it's almost like the plasma of the, of your blood. Uh, I mean, this is a little bit more time consuming because obviously you had to sit there with that thing, but um, that was really nice. So for anybody who has any kind of COPD or has any kind of asthma issues, that would be a must. And, and, you know, these, they're not very expensive at all. They're like $32. So, I mean, they're just nice to have. So I would say, you know, having a little prepare kit is always really good. And then that way, you know, you've got this little insurance and you can always use these things. Um, and um, they're there when you need them. Yes, I love that. And I'm going to link all of those, especially I'm so glad that you gave really specific dosages of those supplements because that's what people are always asking. Well, how much vitamin D? How much vitamin C? So that was perfect. Thank you. Oh, yeah, There's one more thing I want to add. I would say quercetin is really important for the cytokine storm. Okay. Quercetin is huge. So I would say, you know, um, I, I take a product called Dehist, um, but this, you know, even straight quercetin is good. So I would say somewhere around, you know, 500 milligrams. And I, I probably took about 1500 milligrams a day. You know, I stopped taking it because I'm going to have surgery, but I would say that is essential. Hmm, okay. I'll add that to that. Definitely. And then did you do any, I know before, before you were sick, just in general, were you doing things like vitamin C IVs, infrared sauna, I don't know, ozone. Well, yes. So I have an infrared sauna at my home. So I've been doing, I've been doing that just, you know, uh, just as a precautionary and also for good health. Um, but I did, once I entered myself, I immediately started doing IVs uh, of vitamin C and Tramil. So I went to the clinic several times after my accident and I'm so glad I did because, you know, I think that really, really helped a lot in regards of, um, you know, the symptomology. I mean, my sister lives is with me, you know, she's taking care of me through my convalescent state here, you know, but uh, thank goodness for her. She's just been an absolute angel jewel. I could not have done it without her uh, or continue to do it without her. But, you know, we both got COVID because we're both together. In fact, not only did I get COVID, she got COVID, my other sister got COVID and her husband got COVID, you know, so it was just like, you know, what they say, you know, watch going in, in, in gatherings because, you know, it's very uh, a typical situation, but none of us had horrible symptoms. But me and my sister, especially who lives with me, we had very mild, very mild symptoms. Mm. I'm, and, you know, if you had if you had asked me, it wouldn't surprise me, but especially because I know the level of health you maintain. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. But I think that it just goes to show that, yeah, if you do all these things, more likely than not, you will have a much milder response. Absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah. don't, we don't need to be in fear of it. Okay. It's a, it's a virus. Yes, it is. You know, for people who have comorbidities, uh, you know, definitely more serious situation, but for the healthy, normal person out there, you know, more than likely you're going to encounter it at some point. Let's not be afraid of it. Let's just deal with it. You know, have a positive attitude behind it. Be really responsible and not exposing other people um, and, you know, get an antigen test to see if you have antigens for it, you know, after you, you know, have an antigen test, because then you've got these antigens that are going to protect you for a three month period. And so that's always nice for people who, you know, find out you have COVID because it's almost like you feel like you got leprosy, you know, like, okay, let me, let me like throw you your vitamins because, you know, I don't want to be anywhere near you, especially my husband. Okay. He is a panic about COVID, interestingly enough. So, so that was very hard, um, but uh, he has not gotten it. So that's great. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, okay. So now let's dive into a little bit because one of the things I really want 
to get out of this series and I want listeners to get out of it is, you know, there was no right or wrong way to deal with COVID and how it affected us. People lost jobs. You weren't going out. We weren't socializing as much and people had so much more time with themselves. And so I do want to challenge people to not just throw this year away as a wasted year, but really say, okay, what can I learn? What can I learn about myself from this year? And especially when it comes to our stress response, I think we all have sort of default things we go to or we do, thought processes we fall into when we're in a heightened state of stress or depression or anxiety. And so what I've been asking people is, what did you notice when you were at your highest point of stress? What were some of those default things you do? Do you get really impatient and just snap at people or do you just want to isolate and be alone? Do you have some of those? Well, you know, um, I think the biggest thing for me was that I just decided that I did not want to be constantly listening to the news about COVID. And, you know, I just said, okay, I am going to do need to know. My husband's a little bit more on top of that. And, and you know, I'd be like, you know, we're on a walk. Let's not talk about COVID. Let's, let's keep it to a minimal in regards of, you know, uh, being aware you know, being responsible, but let's not let it dictate how we live our lives. And so I really had to kind of put my foot down here and there and just say, you know, let's stop with this COVID conversation because number one, we can do nothing about it except for be responsible and do everything that we could do to, uh, you know, not get it or give it. Um, so, you know, for me, it was just all about really paying attention to people's emotions and then trying to support them in a positive way and trying to maintain a sense of, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened, okay, in the world, all right? Uh, but the way it has gone in regards of people's jobs and people are not working, uh, the high rate in, in, in regards of unemployment, people losing their businesses, it's created catastrophic situations on so many levels. Uh, but like, let's just say, for example, my husband's an artist. He's a plein air artist. And so he goes out on the field and he paints a beautiful kind of uh, impressionistic work. And, um, and he teaches classes. So he all has, you know, so this is his living. This is what he does for a living for, you know, 35 years and no more classes. He couldn't teach his classes. He couldn't have his, you know, four or five workshops that he did all over, you know, the country in Hawaii and, you know, in Maine and all these, all these things got canceled. So, you know, he's just like, oh my goodness, you know, what do I do? And of course he reinvented himself and so you know immediately because he's a you know not only is he an artist but he's an intelligent he's got a great mind he just said okay well if i can't teach physically i'm going to create a course online it was really 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 a lot of work but he learned so much about editing and and just all of these wonderful tools that he would have never ever learned had he not been you know, kind of constricted to what, how do I reinvent myself so that I don't, you know, uh, just, you know, uh, throw in the towel and just say, oh, well, right. And so he did that. He created a beautiful course. And now he has a, he, he taught a whole week workshop uh, for Hawaii uh, online. And so now what he's done, he's now taken that, chopped it up, and he's created a whole green online teaching course. And he's, and, and it, you know, it blew up, you know, the first three days it was sold out. So in all honesty, he's doing really terrific. So there has been really no loss of income in regards to just saying, okay, how do I make my life work? 
And so I think that if everybody kind of just ha- says that to themselves is, okay, you know, the, the, the normal way of which I was making an income may not be the way it's going, but there's so many opportunities and other things. And so I would say, you know, don't look at it just the box of how, that you put yourself in, in regards of what you do, how you make an income and how you live is say, okay, with what's going on, how can I recreate myself so that I can sustain and even be more successful than I am? And so I think that is really important. And, you know, also too, it's like a lot of people, you know, um, enjoy working from their homes now and they're really realizing their productivity is even far greater because they don't have the stress of their name being called over the intercom or the next person or the next person and so they're in a more relaxed environment and so they're getting a better productivity so i think that's a beautiful thing i think we're going to realize we've realized that there's so many things that we can accomplish online uh, with zoom and other uh, ways to communicate that you know you know, small businesses and businesses are going, wow, I really can cut my expenses here, you know, if I have some of my employees working at home. So there's a lot of positive to the constriction, but we have to be able to see where we can expand within it. Yes. And you, there's so many great things I want to touch on in that. And one of the first ones being, I completely agree with what you said about, I really got to a point where I had to just say, I can't talk about COVID anymore. It's just, it's too much. It's repetitive. It feels like it's a record just on repeat. Um, even just, you know, I think everyone just wanted to vent Mm -hmm. and I got to a place where I was like, you know, I'm, there's nothing new I have to add to this discussion. I've said these things 20 times already. And so that was really a boundary I had to put in place. Um, and I'm thankful that I didn't have too hard of a time doing that. People were pretty respectful with that, but I just, I very quickly recognized when I start engaging in these conversations, especially because there is no resolution to them, really. It was just vent sessions for the most part. And those, those just didn't become productive to me anymore. And I realized this is harming my psyche and I can't engage in this anymore. And so that's why that boundary had to come in place. But I'm wondering, did you have a hard time with people creating that boundary as well? Like, was your husband pretty respectful of that? Or how did you navigate those conversations? Yes, you know, I mean, uh, he was respectful in regards to, I just said, you know, number one, and not only does it affect my psyche, it affects my immune system. So if I'm focusing on the negative, then I'm polarizing it, and I might as well just, you know, throw the towel in and succumb to it. And so I have a belief system is that, you know, put your attention on what you want rather than on what you don't want. And so, yeah, you know, we had a few discussions in regards to, okay, enough is enough. And so, you know, he's very respectful about that when it comes to, you know, whether it's politics or whatever's going on, uh, because I can only do my one part. And so that's my business. Outside of that, if I have the mindset that I can influence it in any which way and it doesn't happen that way, then I will suffer. And I don't want to do that because our goal here is to keep our immune system as activated as possible. So when we have stress, it's going to lower your immune system. Depression is going to lower your immune system. You know, lack of sleep, insomnia, all of these things that when we get our mind so overactivated, it doesn't shut down. And so you say, let me love myself enough to protect a little girl inside of me who's really depending on her mommy to make her feel safe. So if the dialogue that I have in my mind 
is of a critical nature, is of a fear nature, uh, then she's not going to feel safe at all. And unfortunately, that seven-year-old little girl that's you is in control of your immune system because your immune system is emotionally based. It's not chemistry based, uh, you know, as we would think. Yeah, that's so good. So I want to ask, in those moments, maybe you didn't have too many this year specifically, but just in general, in moments where you feel yourself overwhelmed or extra stressed, anxious, what do you do to get yourself out of that or process it in a more fluid way? Mm-hmm. So so I, I, because cortisol is what gets stimulated and cortisol is a flight and fright hormone. So you got to move it. So you got to exercise. You know, right now I'm in, I'm, you know, I've got, you know, a boot on my leg, a sling on my arm. So, you know, I literally, I lay in bed first thing in the morning and I do butt tucks, right? <laughs> All I could do is just sit in here and do, okay. So now I, I'm up to 300. I can do hundred, you know, three times, you know, and then I, you know, do a little bit of crunches in my, with my stomach. So I'm doing whatever I possibly can. I say, just don't do nothing, do something. Right. So I would say exercise is a really big thing to do in regards and then getting outside, getting some fresh air, getting some sunshine every day, do your breathing exercises. I'm a really huge believer in heart rate variability because that will, you know, let us know whether you're, you're able to cope or uh, whether your immune system, you know, is going to be able able to uh, respond in a, uh, in a correct way. So meditation is huge for me. And so the times that I was sitting there in my mind kind of going through, you know, all my stress of what was going on and, you know, the stress of my daughter and her emotional state and things of that nature, I would have an overactive mind. And so I'd say, you know what, this is too much for me to bear. So I'm going to give it to you, God, you hold it. You hold that sacred space for me. And I'm going to just breathe through this. So I would use insight timer. That's one of my favorite ones. And it has about over, I don't know, 30,000, 40,000 different meditations on there. And so I would do my breathing exercises and I, I would really notice the difference because my heart rate, variability was so much better the days that I did that. And so I think breathing exercises is super important, especially since COVID can hit the the lung area as well. And so I love breathing, you know, I count, I breathe in for a count of four, hold it for maybe two to three counts and breathe out for a count of six, you know, a little longer breathing out, but that's beautiful. And it doesn't cost you any money. So between visualization and, you know, looking at my immune system and saying, no, it's robust, you know, know, my cells are dividing in an organic fashion. You know, my immune system is able to, you know, seek and destroy anything. So I, you know, I'll use a lot of positive uh, uh, affirmations as well as meditation, as well as my breathing, the foam roller. So again, you know, we want to move this energy out of us because otherwise you just end up in anxiety and we don't want to do that because that's how your immune system collapses. Yes. And I'm so glad too, that you have a sauna because there's so much research to support just how incredible sauna use can be for lowering cortisol, for depression, anxiety. And I noticed a massive difference after a sauna session. I just feel like I took some kind of happy pill. Oh, no, I love the sauna. Yeah, I can't do the sauna now, but I was doing it quite often because, you know, it also is great for, you know, decreasing the heavy metals in the body. That's why I bought it and um, all the toxins because, you know, it goes into, you know, into the derma and it liquefies the toxins. So you sweat them out. So I, I love the sauna. It's mm-hmm. great. So now I'm curious from a professional standpoint, working at the center, what has been the hardest aspect of that through COVID? Did you, especially since you do Evox, did you have a lot of patients coming in venting about COVID? Did you, was it hard not to take on their stress of it? 
Um, well, you know, I've learned how to kind of zip up myself in regards of taking on uh, 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 people's emotional um, uh, stressors. Uh, but of course, you know, my biggest thing was to try to be the most best cheerleader I could possibly be for them and to get them to look at the silver lining behind life in general. Uh, I work with a lot of cancer patients. So they're already, in fact, you know, we haven't had one cancer patient get COVID because they're like doing vitamin C drips three times a week. They're doing this. So they're really, their immune system is going to be way stronger than most people. Um, but I think the hardest thing for everybody was just like you said, the news and, you know, the, the, the false numbers. I mean, I think it really in all reality, I think it's just only 2% of the population has died, not like, you know, what they're saying so much. So I think that there was a collective fear that I was experiencing with my patients in regards to not only did they have a, you know, a, a condition themselves uh, that was very serious, but on top of that, you know, um, they couldn't see their families. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't connect the way they need to. And connection is the most healing energy you can possibly have. So I think there was a lot of sadness and not being able to see their kids and not grandchildren. And um, so I just kept saying, you know, to myself that kept saying to myself that, um, you know, just it's important to just really kind of say right now, this is a temporary situation, you know, get on Zoom, get on Facebook, get on, get on all those things that are, that are going to be important. So, you know, I think it was a collective uh, fear that I was experiencing with these patients. So I would just keep them to just say, listen, you know, uh, if you're, if you have this fear, it's inverted faith. And so our goal here is to recognize that you've got spirit within you and your spirit is a whole lot stronger than this mental dialogue that goes on in our head that's connected to, you know, our fears, our hurts, our wounds. And I say, align yourself with the light. So, I mean, everybody would come in very fearful, you know, and sad that they, you know, didn't, weren't able to, you know, see their family or go to places or go out to dinner. But then I started getting them to really understand what are the things that you would want to do, you know, in regards to if you had time, you know, do you like painting? Do you like poetry? Do you like writing? Do you like, what do you like to do? Let's pick up something that you could actually learn something. And so they were really like, oh yeah, you know, I started doing this and hey, I started doing that. And so again, it's really just getting people to see um, that the poten potentiality for happiness and joy, it can be circumstantial, but it's always there and available to them. Oh, I love that. And I just have to say, you have such an energy, such a fire to you. And every time I interact with you, I feel like it spills over into me and it's such a blessing. And I'm curious, like, did you come into the world like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I came from 10 brothers and sisters, so I'm the 10th child. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, as I, as I age, I realize even this injury I have, there's a reason for it. There's a silver lining behind it. And, uh, you know, and I do, you know, because I work with energy work. So I've had, you know, an energy healer from Uruguay work on me. I had an energy worker from Alcapulco work on me, you know, remote healing for with magnets and so forth. Uh, she said that she could clear COVID in, you know, three to four minutes. And so she's been super busy doing all of these treatments. So, you know, I don't, I look at it, you know, what, what, what can I do? And I'm open to everything. Right. And so, so again, it's just, you know, we're not limited. There's so much potentiality within us and we just have to align ourselves uh, with a tribe of people that are like-minded that can give us information and, and support us through times that are difficult and, and, and spiritualize our situation rather than, you know, make it such a, a black and white situation. Right. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. It's, I say this all the time for so many different topics, but I think we've really become 
so one dimensional. Yeah. Just across the board. And it really shone through, especially during this time of seeing how we weren't able to interact with people who had differing opinions with us. People were losing friends because they had differing opinions about COVID. And for me, that was one of the hardest parts was seeing just how, yeah, just how one dimensional people were and the division that it created. That gave me truly so much anxiety, seeing it, seeing how people were acting in the store and rushing to grab their food and you know, doing huge circles to avoid getting close to you. It, that weighed really heavy on me. Yeah, no, it, it's like, oh my God, you feel like you have leprosy, right? Yeah. It, it's really pretty sad. But interestingly enough, with German medicine, um, when you're in conflict, there's a portion of the cerebral cortex that actually, it, it gets edema and swells. And you start to have dysfunction with a little bit of motor skill issues. And so when you're in conflict, I mean, you know, like for example, my situation, you know, literally I fell about, 12 inches, okay, from a ladder. It wasn't like this huge, big, you know, and this happened. So, you know, there was emotional stuff leading up to it with all the politics and COVID and all this kind of stuff and Christmas. So I was in conflict. So I realized immediately, okay, well, what is what is it saying about German medicine on my left hand and on my right foot? So, you know, I like diving into all that because I recognize that everything has an emotional component, even if it's an accident, okay? And so the gift for me is patience it has been humility. It has been really, you know, connecting to, you know, my spirit, my inner child. And, um, you know, I don't slow down. So this is God said, you know, hey, the universe just said, boom, it's time for you to do nothing. And I'm sleeping better. And so there's been a lot of little silver linings behind that. And and when you go, go, go all the time, you, it, you think it's just so normal. And you think, okay, well, my sleep is an issue. But oh, because I'm menopausal. Oh, it's because of this. No, it's because we don't have enough rest and recovery. Yes. So do you think you manifested that injury? I co-created. Everything in life we co-create. So I, I really, you know, looking at this as an opportunity for my own personal growth. There's areas that, you know, we all have that we say, you know what, it doesn't serve my highest purpose. And so why do I continue on with this behavior? And so it's an opportunity for growth for me. And so I've had a really beautiful, a lot of self-reflection. And um, so with 2021, I'm heading into it with a whole different mindset of a little bit more rest, relaxation, and not feel that I have to go, go, do, do all the time. You know, when you come from a family of 10 brothers and sisters, you're always going to have issues with, you know, competition and validation. And I don't need to do that anymore, right? But yeah, we, we get hung up on these things. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. So that was that one of the revelations you felt like came from the injury specifically was just realizing I'm doing so much. And a part of that maybe is this subconscious desire to be validated. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So yeah, it all goes hand in hand. We just have to be willing to accept all of these things because the brain is extremely malleable. Right. And it's just we can just say the new brain is what we decide we want to put into it and have enough what I would call repetitious of it. So the synapsis in your brain connects to that rather than the old brain of transgenerational patterning of the way your ancestors behave into the new you, which, you know, we have opportunity now. We're moving into the age of Aquarius as of today. So there's going to be a, a, a different energy field. Oh, Liliana, I love this. This is just such a good conversation. I'm just like tingling inside. Um, 
So, okay. Quick question before the final question. Do you, are you able to do Evox on yourself? Um, I am able to do Evox on myself and I did bring my Evox machine home. I will start doing some remote testing because my patients are all jumping up and down. When are you coming back? And I'm getting calls, you know, texts from my patients. And so uh, as soon as I feel, you know, good after next week, you know, my surgery, I'll start uh, doing some remote patients online because I can do uh, Evox online and um, and nutritional sessions online but yes i will definitely uh start doing them on myself as well and um yep you know i I practice my own principles and it makes it a whole lot easier to heal yes absolutely and i think it just from a patient's perspective of someone who's worked with you, but then just also as an individual who's interacted with you, I can say that it absolutely comes through that you practice what you preach. And yeah, I think that's what makes it so magnetic to interact with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So final question, ending on a positive note, although this has been just such an uplifting interview, what have been some of the biggest highlights of 2020 for you? Yeah, I think the biggest highlights have been the opportunity to realize that we can die unto ourselves and become another person. And we can let go of the old and we can become the new. And so, again, like I said, you know, my husband reinvented himself and he's, you know, doing fabulous. And, you know, I I created an online course, you know, a two-month webinar series that I'll be rolling out in January so that it will reach millions of people in regards that, you know, are at home or are concerned. And they can, it's a two-month webinar on how to live your life. And so whether it's the spiritual part, the emotional part, the physical part, the eating part, everything, it it really, it holds all aspects of it. I don't think I left one thing out. And so again, uh, I think the silver lining behind all of this is to stop, you know, pay attention to uh, your body, pay attention to the people that are in your household, really listen to them and say to yourself, how can I be of service to you? Because what you can be service to others is what you want also. And especially with relationships that are so, um, I would say, um, compromised because, you know, like my husband, he travels a lot of the time because, you know, he, he paints. And so he hasn't been able to travel. So he's been very constricted. And so again, you know, it's a little bit more difficult because when you, when you have a lot of freedom to all of a sudden, right. So again, it's really saying, you know, how can I show up for you rather than, you know, hearing you as complaining, let me hear you as a child crying out, for something in need. And then 99% is exactly what you need to. Wow. Oh my gosh. That whole thing just hit me so hard. <laughs> Let the old die and don't be afraid to become new. That was amazing. Good. Yeah. Well, Liliana, thank you so, so much for coming on. This was so special for me and I can't wait to share it with my audience. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I love you. And, um, you know, I just wish everybody a, just a wonderful, uh, you know, entrance to the new year, you know, get your intentions in order in regards of, you know, the opportunity to manifest, you know, connect to that infinite intelligence and be your best self. Yes, absolutely. 